Uh, For those less familiar with me, uh, my name is Paul, and I have the privilege of serving as one of the pastors here. To begin this morning, I want to go back, way back, uh, and give you a little bit of my personal history. Way back when, I did not grow up in a strong Christian home. My father, he was very skeptical of organized religion. My mother, she had been raised in the Roman Catholic Church, so she would plead for us to attend Mass on a regular basis, and at times my father would relent. Because of his weak convictions about church, I even participated in things like Roman Catholic catechism classes or CCD. I'm, not, I'm still not sure what that stands for. Uh, and, and, th- and we did things like First Confession. First Communion, and being confirmed in the Roman Catholic Church. So growing up, on the one hand, I experienced this skepticism toward the church, and on the other hand, I experienced ritualistic, religious participation. In high school, there were individuals who invited me into something called the Fellowship of Christian Athletes. I actually met a few people who are part of this church during that season, And while attending those gatherings, I heard the message of the gospel. Over the course of time, I transitioned from a skeptic of the faith to a son in the faith. Now, one of the things that strikes me about that season is there were many others who heard the gospel message. Some dismissed the message quickly. Others seemed to hear and embrace The gospel, but over the course of time fell away. Only a few who heard are faithful to defend and proclaim and live out the implications of the gospel to this day. Maybe some of you have experienced something similar. You have encountered people responding to the good news that Christ died for sinners, and they respond to varying degrees. Some quickly reject that news. Others demonstrate an initial response only to fall away later. And still others, they they attend church, they're kind of part of the church, but they seem to lack a vitality in who they are in Christ. And still, still others, they are so excited. They tell others about the gospel message, they communicate it, they live it out. So this spectrum of responses it can be very discouraging to the Christian who longs for others to embrace and experience the message of the gospel. The skeptic, they may attribute such a reality, such a spectrum, to the thinking that the Christian faith is a farce, or maybe it's a phase, and people finally wise up and mature. But Jesus provides a different explanation. We've been working our way through the Gospel of Mark the past few weeks. And at this point, Jesus tells a parable or a story. He uses a farming illustration to make a point about how the kingdom of God works. Seeds of the Gospel will be planted. Like my experience or maybe what you've experienced, many seeds will be lost and fizzle out and not mature. But others... When those seeds are planted in good soil, they will produce a bountiful harvest. This is our big idea this morning. The seed of the gospel will grow into a bountiful harvest 
when it is planted in good soil. To unpack this big idea, we are in the fourth chapter of Mark's gospel. Passages will be displayed on the screen, but if you have your Bible with you, open it up to that chapter. As we unpacked, as we unpack this big idea, we will find that the author is drawing our attention to a couple of different things. One is helping us understand the conditions of good soil. What's that all about? The second is he's helping us understand the principle of planting. Jesus is providing an overview of sorts of what planting seeds looks like and how people should plant seeds of the gospel. So the parable of the sower, it is one of the most famous stories taught by Jesus. And in it, he teaches about a farmer or sower planting seed. That seed lands in four different types of soil, and it produces dramatically different results. One seed falls on the path and is snatched away. Another starts to grow, but when conditions become harsh, that plant withers. On the third type of soil, the seed grows, but it gets choked out by thorns and weeds, so it never produces a harvest. And the last seed, it it falls on good soil and produces a bountiful harvest. As, as Martin read earlier, Jesus teaches the parable to the masses, but later he withdraws and explains its meaning to a limited few. Jesus explains the seed in the story, it is the word of God, or the gospel message. And the four types of soil, they are intended to represent four different types of people who experience dramatically different results when they encounter the word. In particular, when they hear the word. To better understand the conditions of good soil. Well, let's look at how Mark records Jesus explaining each type of person's response to the gospel message. In the parable, the first group of seeds falls along a path, and the birds come and devour it. Jesus explains the meaning like this. And these are the ones along the path where the word is sown When they hear, Satan immediately comes and takes away the word that is sown in them. These people hear the word. They encounter the claims of the gospel. They meet actual Christians, and there is no evidence of conversion to Christianity. The seeds of the gospel do not take root. They are dismissed. Think about people in your life who are quick to deny Christianity. Maybe some friends or members of your family, when they encounter the teachings of who Christ is, how he lived, and and what he did for sinners like you and I, when they think about the miracles he performed, they quickly dismiss it. When they look at how Christians are living, worshiping every Sunday, living with self-restraint, living with a different sexual ethic, They think such people are wasting their time, maybe even foolish. Jesus says, such a person, Satan has taken away the seed of the gospel. As Paul says in the book of 2 Corinthians, in their case, the God of this age has blinded the minds of the unbelievers to keep them from seeing the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. This person is quick to dismiss the claims of the gospel because they are blind, so they hear, 
but they do not respond. The second group of seeds falls on rocky ground. So a plant takes root, but it does not develop deep roots. So when it encounters harsh weather conditions, it withers. Jesus explains this type of response like this. And these are the ones sown on rocky ground. The ones who, when they hear the word, immediately receive it with joy. And they have no root in themselves, but endure for a while. Then when tribulation or persecution arises on account of the word, immediately fall away. These people hear the word of God. It takes root in their lives, but when they encounter trial or when they experience persecution, they do not persevere. This person, they've experienced an event that could be perceived as a conversion to Christianity. Maybe someone asked them to pray a prayer so they wouldn't go to hell. So they prayed the prayer. Maybe they raised their hand during a call to give their life to Christ. There was an, excuse me, there was an event of apparent conversion, but that conversion quickly proves untrue. Maybe something happens. Maybe they lose someone they love. Maybe they're praying to God to get something. Maybe it's even something good, like they're longing for a baby, or they're longing for a change in their job, but they don't get it. Maybe because they begin to align with Christianity, they become an outcast of sorts, maybe like a social outcast, or if they're in other parts of the world, they experience being physically persecuted. And as a result, they do not persevere. They hear, but they do not have deep roots. The third group of seeds fall among thorns. And so in this soil, the seed begins to grow. But as the, as the thorns grow, the thorns suck up all the sunlight, all the water, and they choke out the plant. The plant does not produce grain. Jesus explains the response like this. And others are sown among thorns. They are those who hear the word, but the cares of the world and the deceitfulness of riches and desires for other things enter in and choke the word, and it proves unfruitful. For this type of person, the gospel takes root. The plant shoots up. It is growing, but the cares of the world choke it out. The desires of the world, things like materialism, pursuit of personal pleasure, worship of family, attaining status in the workplace or status in the neighborhood or status in the family. Take your pick. Those things become ultimate and they never produce a harvest. Their hearts are captured by earthly things, not eternal things. Their relationship with Christ is not so much characterized by being caught up in Christ, but rather being caught up in themselves. I need to tell you what Jesus is saying here. This is, a, this is a hard one for me as a Christian. It's a hard one for me as a pastor. Jesus is saying, just because someone is part of the earthly church, it does not mean they are part of the eternal church. Don't assume every churchgoer has the gift of eternal life. Some hear the gospel message over and over again, but it does not produce eternal fruit. Now, Jesus is not saying if you're a Christian and you have weak faith and you get into the things of the world and you struggle with sin and doubt, 
that you lose your salvation or your standing with God in Christ Jesus and your sins will no longer be forgiven. Jesus is not saying that, but he is saying there are people who walk among the church. They are part of the church body, but ultimately they love themselves and the world more than Christ. A primary reason some in the church never plant seeds of the gospel why they don't tell their friends and family and coworkers the good news of the gospel is because they've been choked out by the cares of the world. They are part of the earthly church, but not part of the eternal church. The fourth group of seeds fall into good soil and produce a bountiful harvest. Jesus explains their response this way. But those that were sown on the good soil are the ones who hear the word and accept it and bear fruit thirtyfold and sixtyfold and a hundredfold. When the seed of the gospel is planted in good soil, that plant will grow. It will not wither when it encounters the storms of life. It will not be choked out by the cares of life. Rather, it will grow into a healthy plant and it will thrive. Now, each type of person we've seen, they hear the word. But there is something different going on that you see in the Greek that our English language struggles to pick up. Now, I'm not a biblical scholar, nor do I understand how to read Greek. Uh, So I have to read biblical commentaries. And so here's the difference from scholar Ben Witherington. The first three types of hearing imply a quick, superficial hearing, in one ear and out the other, without effort or heeding. Satan, persecution, And the cares of the world spell havoc for those who give the gospel only a casual hearing. Their failure to hear confirms them as outsiders, and the word of God becomes fruitless to them. But in verse 20, this is the hearing that produces fruit, a different kind of hearing is implied, a continual, ongoing hearing as opposed to careless or inattentive hearing. Two different interpretations of the word here, in one ear and out the other, versus listening. Some might use the term active listening. The words you are hearing are penetrating your mind and your heart and transforming your life. It's helpful to understand this distinction between two types of hearing when we read what Jesus says in verse 9. When we read a translation, many of us commonly use the English Standard Version. This is what we read. And he, Jesus, said, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. I mean, that can be a little confusing. What is, what is Jesus saying? Same word, hear. But Jesus is referring to two different types of hearing. An alternate translation, the Christian Standard Bible, which is a good translation that many of you uh, are starting to use, translates it this way. Then he said, let anyone who has ears to hear, listen. Maybe you, you are familiar with this principle, hearing but not listening. Maybe you do this with your boss. Or maybe you do this with your spouse. Or you've done this with a friend or member of your gospel community They're sharing something you're really not that interested in. And so you hear, but you don't really listen. For myself, I remember before cell phones, 
Michelle, my wife, she would, she would ask me to go to the grocery store. And she would give me like a list of five things. I say before cell phones because when I was at the store yesterday, you know, I, I forget. Um, but I'm able just to text. And so I do like uh, uh, frequently throughout the trip. But before cell phones, she would give me a list. She would tell me to pick up things like grapes, laundry detergent, hamburger. For me, when she says grapes, I'm locked on grapes. When she says the other four items, I'm hearing, but I'm not listening. I'm thinking, don't forget the grapes. Now, everyone in this room, everyone who may be listening to this podcast, you physically hear the word of God, but you don't all listen. When others in your gospel community proclaim the message of the gospel to you, you hear it, but you may not listen. Your ears, they are hearing, but you are listening to something else. Maybe you think Jesus was a fool. Maybe you're focused on your personal image. You're focused on how others are perceiving you. Maybe you may not be able to hear because you're too focused on past wounds and past hurts. Those types of things have your ear. So you hear the gospel, but you do not listen. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. Hear the proclamation of the gospel. Listen to the claims of Christ on your life that your heart and soul may be transformed and your growth may be like that of a healthy plant. If we think about a healthy plant, one of the things we know is that it will produce seeds all its own. It can't help but do that. That is what it was designed to do. A disciple of Christ becomes more than someone who accepts Christ's offer of forgiveness. A disciple becomes more than a churchgoer. A disciple becomes a seed planter. A disciple can't help but plant seeds and proclaim the message of the gospel and proclaim the word of God because that is what a disciple is designed to do. A disciple plants seeds so that others would hear. As mentioned earlier, when explaining the parable, when explaining the meaning, Jesus is alone with a few. He has essentially gathered future planters of the gospel message. In a similar manner to how our church network, Acts 29, does regional gatherings for church planners, or how First City Church, we will periodically gather gospel community leaders, Jesus is forming future planters of the gospel message. And one thing becomes clear rather quickly. If future planters have any illusions that proclaiming this message, the deliverance of Christ to sinners, will be easily received, those illusions are quickly shattered. And when he was alone, those around him with the twelve asked him about the parables, and he said to them, to you has been given the secret of the kingdom of God. But for those outside, everything is in parables. Jesus tells the disciples, they have been given ears to hear about the secret of the kingdom of God or the message of the gospel, but that is not true of everyone. Others are only given parables because they do not hear. Their hearts are too hard to encounter something different. Listen to Professor Greg Lanier explain what Jesus is saying. Those with hearts prepared like good soil 
who have ears to hear. They delight in the glorious simplicity and profound truths of Jesus' parables. To these God has given to know the secrets of the kingdom. But to those hardened against God, parables are designed to remain mundane stories about horticulture, vineyards, fishing nets, real estate economics, traveling or banquets, nothing more. For such people, parables remain opaque, veiled, even quaint, as does the gospel itself. To further punctuate the point, planting seeds of the gospel will not be easy. Jesus quotes one of the historical rejected planters of God's word, the prophet Isaiah. After Isaiah had received a call in his life to go and and deliver God's word, scripture records Isaiah essentially saying, I'm ready to go plant seeds. Here I am, Lord, send me. And scripture records the Lord saying in Isaiah chapter 6, go and say to this people, keep on hearing but do not understand, keep on seeing but do not perceive, make the heart of this people dull and their ears heavy and blind their eyes lest they see with their ears and hear with their ears and understand with their hearts and turn and be healed. Jesus is helping his future planters to understand the message of the gospel will not often be received with joy. When God's word is proclaimed, when seeds are planted, sometimes it will soften hearts and sometimes it will harden hearts. Linked to the reality, some have rejected the word. And I think you can see evidence of this in people who are really religious and in people who are really irreligious. Some are so hard-hearted. They have gone so far. they They are experiencing a sort of earthly judgment from God and he is not revealing himself to them. The Apostle Paul says it this way. Since they did not see fit to acknowledge God, God gave them up to a debased mind to do what ought not to be done. Many of us have a good category for God's word going out and softening people's hearts. But we don't have a category that it hardens people. Jesus is saying planting seeds will reveal the hard-heartedness of many And the reality is communicating God's word to the people who have hard hearts sometimes only exacerbates that hard-heartedness. Jesus clarifies, being a planter of gospel seeds, it will be hard sometimes, and it can be discouraging. Now this, this planting seeds, this reality that it is hard and it can be discouraging, it could lead to a couple faulty implications. On the one hand, there could be a temptation to withdraw. Rather than plant seeds among people who will reject God's word, it's so much easier to withdraw and be among the church. But on the other hand, maybe, maybe withdrawal isn't a good type of response, but maybe the takeaway for future planters from listening to this type of story is to avoid planting in rocky soil or along the path or among the thorns. Maybe that's the takeaway. I've, I've heard this taught as an implication of this parable before. I may have even done it myself. Avoid scattering seeds anywhere and everywhere. Be selective. Be strategic. So one of the things I love about my wife, and I, I love lots of things, is she grew up in rural Nebraska. 
I like to say I grew up in rural Nebraska. Uh, I grew up across the street from a cornfield outside Plattsmouth. I even went to a three-room schoolhouse. But she tells me that doesn't count. She grew up and her extended family live in a part of the state where the nearest gas station is like 20 miles, the nearest Walmart, the nearest fast food restaurant that many would find attractive, which is actually McDonald's, is 40 miles away. She would say, I grew up outside the city and she grew up in the country and she would be right. Well, these visits to rural Nebraska, I've learned farming techniques have certainly advanced over time. With the Industrial Revolution, it has made irrigating and planting with farming equipment much easier. With the Technological Revolution, it has made planting seeds at the optimal depth, at the optimal distance from one another, at the optimal time of year, much more precise to produce better yields. Perhaps we think this is how we should plant seeds of the gospel, strategically, selectively, We look back at the parable of the sower, and we think Jesus was simply telling a story reflecting the archaic planting methods of the time. There's actually some debate here. Some scholars do think that may have been the case, but others think farmers did in fact plow the ground at this time in history before planting seeds. And Jesus is having this planter scatter seed carefree to prove a point. Regardless, Jesus is saying a planter of the gospel does not plant selectively or strategically. Rather, they plant indiscriminately. A gospel planter is not so much investigating and strategizing about the ideal place to plant. Rather, he or she understands some seeds will not grow. So to plant seeds in good soil, they plant seeds everywhere. They plant carelessly. They plant indiscriminately. Another way I've heard this said is they plant seeds of the gospel promiscuously. In the parable of the lamp, a parable that may seem out of place in the context of stories about farmers, Jesus addresses the faulty implications I mentioned earlier. A temptation to withdraw and a temptation to embrace selective planting. Jesus asks a question. If a lamp is designed to provide light, do you cover it up with a blanket or bed? Is it hidden? Or do you put it on a stand to shed light to the place in which it is located? Of course you don't cover it up. A lamp provides light to whatever is in its path. It does not discriminate. It does not look for the best places to shine light. Sure, there are parts of the room that remain dark, but the light is not discriminating. The light is careless or promiscuous in giving light to everything in the room. The disciples have been given ears to hear the gospel. The mysteries of the kingdom have been revealed to them. If you are a Christian, the same is true of you. You do not hide the gospel message. You do not withdraw. You shine light and proclaim the gospel message indiscriminately to the places you have been placed. A disciple of Jesus will plant, and they will plant indiscriminately, leaving the results of planting to the Lord. And he said, the kingdom of God is is Excuse me, is as if a man should scatter seed on the ground. He sleeps and rises night and day, and the seed sprouts and grows, he knows not how. 
the earth produces by itself first the blade, then the ear, then the full grain in the ear. But when the grain is ripe, at once he puts in the sickle because the harvest has come. The indiscriminate planter, the one who plants seeds promiscuously, understands the work of growing the seeds, relies on something beyond her or him. Jesus is preparing his disciples to rely on the Lord as they begin the work of planting seeds. You may encounter discouraging results. It may seem fruitless at times, but those discouraging results, they have, may have nothing to do with you or how you are presenting the gospel. There are other passages speaking to ways we are to proclaim the gospel. We can certainly be, be off in how we proclaim. We can proclaim a gospel of morality or a gospel of how you can be forgiven in Christ and still do whatever you want. We can be impatient or a kind of a jerk in how we proclaim it. But one of the takeaways here is the message and approach, they may be spot on, and still the message will not be received. This does not mean the word is deficient or there is a deficiency in the messenger. The problem is the soil. Oh, how some of us, and I'm very much speaking to myself here, when the seed doesn't grow, we beat ourselves up. We blame ourselves. We second-guess the message. Some of you need to repent this morning, believing you're in control of the salvation of others. You're not. The responsibility you have is to plant and to proclaim regardless of the results. The work of growing the seed, it is outside of your control. The planter watches the seed sprout. The planter is patient with the growth of the plant. It doesn't exactly understand how that growth happens. But she or he knows it is a beautiful thing when it does. And when that seed grows into a plant ready to bear fruit, the planter enjoys the season of the harvest. Now often, you will proclaim and you will plant You will scatter seeds in the workplace, in the neighborhood, with your friends, with your family, and you will think what you've done, it is so insignificant. It could not possibly have an impact for eternity. And he said, what can we compare the kingdom of God, or what parable shall we use for it? It is like a grain of mustard seed, which when sown on the ground is the smallest of all seeds on earth. Yet when it is sown, it grows up and becomes larger than all the garden plants and puts out large branches so that the birds of the air can make nests in its shade. Way back when, various individuals planted seeds of the gospel at Fellowship of Christian Athlete meetings in Plattsmouth. Those seeds, they may have seemed insignificant at the time, but they were not. For the individuals who shared with me, someone planted seeds of the gospel for them. Way back when, a couple generations ago, maybe their parents, maybe someone in the church, maybe a youth leader. Jesus is saying the seed, when it is planted in good soil, it may seem like a very insignificant thing. Yet what may seem insignificant, like a mustard seed, it will grow exponentially large, so large 
like a mustard seed that grows into one of the largest plants in the garden. It will provide blessing to the birds of the air. The seed of the gospel will grow and provide blessing to countless others, producing a bountiful harvest. So two questions as we conclude. One, what type of hearer are you? Are you the casual hearer that dismisses the claims of the gospel? Are you the the casual hearer that can look to an event of conversion, but trials and challenges have proven you don't have deep roots? Are you the casual hearer where the cares of the world have choked out what may have seemed to be authentic faith? Or do you hear and listen? Is the message of the gospel changing you and transforming you, not in perfect ways, but in ongoing ways? Maybe some of you are hearing for the very first time this morning. Maybe you are awakening to the reality that Christ died for sinners like you and I. Maybe you are responding to the call to listen. Please don't let Satan snatch that seat away. Ask God for something different. We'd love to meet with you myself or Pastor Chris or a gospel community leader. We'd love to make that happen. Question number two. If you would identify as a Christian, what type of planter are you? Or are you more excited to plant seeds of a different kind? Seeds of morality. Seeds of your political views. Seeds talking about your game, favorite game, or the life of your children. Are you more excited to plant seeds of the gospel? In planting seeds of the gospel, are you more like my wife's extended family that farms? You're looking for the ideal strategy and the ideal soil that will save you pain and discouragement. You don't actually trust the word of God to be planted and for God to give the growth. The planter of the gospel, they are indiscriminate in who they shed light on and they are promiscuous in how they plant. They scatter and scatter and scatter some more. In the parable of the sower, Jesus is of course telling us a parable about himself and his kingdom. He will scatter seed He will tell parables, and many may have hard hearts and will reject and not receive his message. Many may raise their hand to follow him temporarily, but they will not persevere. Others, they will never outright reject him, but the cares of the world will choke them out. Yet Jesus will give life to many. He will plant seeds in good soil and have a miraculous yield. He who has ears to hear, let him hear.